Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Well, my final guest this morning is hoping to make next week's Amplitude event in WIT a magical experience for all its attendees. Keith Barry, you will be a guest speaker at Amplitude, but before we discuss the message which you will be sharing with attendees on the day, I'd like to take you back to the start of your career and find out how you first became involved in magic. Well, you know, I started doing magic when I was five years of age, and that stemmed from a Paul Daniels magic set, believe it or not, that I got at Christmas time. Every year after that, I would get a, a set for Christmas. But then when I was 14, I bought a really good book on magic called Magic for the Complete Clutz. And that kind of changed my life, I suppose. I started pr- performing all around Waterford, um, you know, initially in the Wine Vault, which is a, a wonderful restaurant at the time, uh, going from table to table down there. And then, you know, I suppose to a couple of years later, I went to college and, you know, I was studying chemistry in college. But my girlfriend then is my wife now. She was studying psychology. And that's when I started to mix the psychology aspects into my magic uh, presentations, you know. And how much of an influence have people like Penn and Teller and David Copperfield been to you? Well, huge, I suppose. You know, there's a couple of different strands to what I do, some of which obviously is the entertainer, Keith Barry, and uh, some of which is the mind motivator. So from the entertainment aspect, absolutely, you know, I used to watch all of the David Copperfield specials when I was uh, very young, all the way through to now, where both of us consulted on the Now You See Me movies. So I kind of have to pinch myself every once in a while when I meet David Copperfield and we end up working together, you know. And from working with David Copperfield, what did you learn about him and from him? Well, just that he's as hardworking and, and talented and as driven as I always knew he was. You know, to get to the top of your game in any aspect of life, it takes masses of work. It takes, you know, a huge amount of effort, uh, talent. And also, you know, I suppose the other thing that I learned is that he's got a great team around him. And he always has, you know, a whole bunch of young magicians who help him come up with ideas for his shows. And then he's got, you know, a couple of great people who are his core team and have core team for a long period of time, you know. Specialising as a mind magician, you've enjoyed phenomenal success, both from a TV and touring perspective. But talk me through your creative process and how you bring the idea from your head to the stage. Well, you know, it's a twofold process when it's, when it comes to the entertainment aspect of what I do in my tours, which obviously I've performed in the Opera House down there many times, you know, I initially start with the name of the show. So the name of my new show is going to be called Keith Barry Deception. And then I investigate all of the dif- different deceptions that are happening around the world at this moment in time. So the new tour, uh, which you can keep an eye out for, it's going to go on sale in just a couple of weeks now. Uh, you know, I'll be talking about very topical things, which I haven't talked about before. So, for example, fake news, which Donald Trump has always gone on about. Well, is are we being deceived through our phones? Are we being deceived through Facebook and all these, these different issues? And then also, obviously, I'm a deceptive artist. That's what I do. So from that perspective, I always come up with the name of the show first, and then I look for inspiration everywhere. So I look at movies that might be somehow related to deception. I look at hoaxes. I look at tricksters. I look at all the different aspects that surround the area of deception. And then I develop the show from that. And then when it comes to my uh, mind motivation seminars and keynotes, which obviously uh, uh, is more pertinent to the Amplitude event, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I decide what I think is needed for a certain core audience. 
So, for example, earlier this year, I performed and spoke at the Pendulum Summit, which is high-end business people. And, you know, high-end business people always end up in you know, high-pressure environments, and they need to know how to deal with those environments because ultimately they're no different than anybody else in the world. And they suffer from anxieties and stresses, and they also suffer from lack of motivation sometimes. And my job is to teach them how to take control of their subconscious minds uh, to ultimately you know, break barriers and exceed expectations. And I develop each keynote uh, you know, to the core audience that I know is coming to an event. You know? So what advice did you have for the business leaders at the Pendulum Summit? Well, you know, I, the first piece of advice that I had was that, you know, I really live my own life by a quote of Einstein's. And, you know, we all hear quotes uh, quite a bit. We see them on Twitter. But I, I think a lot of times we see a quote or hear a quote and we don't really absorb it. But one that I really absorbed was from Einstein where he sta- stated that, you know, I fear the day that technology will surpass human interaction. We will have a generation of idiots. And the first thing that I said to Pendulum Summit audience was, uh, you're that generation, which they found quite insulting. <laughs> but I wanted to insult them to uh, gain their attention because ultimately I truly believe in that statement, that we're in an age of digital distraction and by all of us being on our phones far too much and being addicted to our phones, ultimately, I believe that it's uh, you know putting us backwards rather than forwards. Now, of course, a healthy relationship with technology in this day and age is required because we need technology, we need it to uh, progress certain things in society, but ultimately, if we're addicted to our technology and if we're lost down that rabbit hole, we forget about the humanity of it all. So I started there, and then for the next 40 minutes in the pendulum, so I really took them on a journey, an exploration of their subconscious minds, and then taught them how to reprogram their subconscious minds to, uh, as I said, ex- exceed expectations you know now i know you're a big fan of neuro-linguistic programming but from your experience what percentage of business people are using their minds to their full potential and what stops us from being able to further explore this resource well it's a i suppose it's a twofold question first of all you know very few people are using their minds to their full potential regardless of whether they're business people or sports people or just uh, you know people uh, in any walk of life i suppose and for me The reason for that is quite simple. I I always ask all of my audiences around the world, you know, well, I first of all tell them, you know, over 90% of all communication is through uh, nonverbal communication. In other words, it's through our body language, the way we behave, and the way we act. And we know that scientifically. Now, you know, there's a debate still uh, that exists. You know, is it truly 90%? It might be 60%, it might be 70%, but we do know that a massive amount of commu- communication is nonverbal. So I start with a statement, and then I ask the question of these high-powered business people, how many of you have actively studied body language? How many of you have read about it? How many of you have taken courses on it? And out of a 1,000 people, generally, two hands go up. So you've got 998 people who have not even studied uh, the art of body language, how to you know, I suppose, use your own body language in a business scenario and then also read other people's body language. And that comes down to not just body language also, by the way. It comes down to the tone of the voice. It comes down to mirroring, uh, leading, pacing, all of these different techniques that they haven't studied. And then my job is to take the best parts of what I've learned and condense those down into my 45-minute presentation. Now, in business, influence and persuasion are powerful commodities. So what tips have you got for listeners that might enable them to maximise their abilities in this respect? Well, I have absolutely no tips at all unless you go to the Amplitude event. 
that's where you learn all mm-hmm. of the tips. Not only kidding, but like I suppose you know, in the art of persuasion, really. Uh, first of all, you have to learn about this stuff. You know, there's, there are quick tips that I can give people. Uh, the first being, most people can only comprehend or understand what you're saying if you speak it at the same rate and speed at which they're saying and talking. So, you know, for example, if you're in a high-powered business environment or if you're in a meeting or even if you're in an, an interview, uh, the person across the table who's the most important person in that interview, whether it's the boss of the company or the CEO or whoever it is, you need to model uh, their mode of speaking. So if they're speaking very fast, you should actually speed up your rate of speaking. If they're speaking very slowly, you should also slow down because they can only comprehend what you're saying at the same rate and speed at which they're speaking it. So that's the first quick tip that I have. That also, you know, you should mirror their body language. And mirroring, you know, you can read a lot about it, but truly to become good at mirroring people, you need to start practicing and rehearsing it. And it can be a lot of fun. So, um, you know, mirroring, for example, if somebody uh, crosses their legs while you're talking to them, you should cross your legs. Now, not exactly the way that they cross their legs, but you should mirror what they're doing. If their hand is on the table, your hand should be on the table. What's happening here is by mirroring them, uh, you're becoming like them. And most people like themselves. And if you're becoming like them and because they like themselves, ultimately, they're more inclined to like you. If they are more inclined to like you, they're more inclined to go along with whatever decision-making process it is that you're trying to get them to decide upon. Now, of course, all of these things are ultimately just tipping points. All these things do is make uh, this person, whoever this person is that you're trying to persuade, more liable to be persuaded by whatever it is that you're trying to persuade them to do. So uh, top tips are, uh, you know, mirror the the rate and speed at which they're speaking, also mirror their body language. And then once you have that done, you can learn how to lead and pace them, you know. Now, from a workforce perspective, how should individuals who try to negatively influence their colleagues in the workplace be managed? Well, you know, I suppose that's a, a huge topic. I think, uh, you know, if people are... So first of all, from my own perspective, I only surround myself by positive, like-minded people. So many years ago, I made the decision, and it's easier for me than most, and I do understand that, uh, you know, to actually uh, get rid of people in my life who I felt were negative, because ultimately, you become the person that you surround yourself by, uh, the people that you surround yourself by. So if you surround yourself by like-minded, positive people, you, you will become a very positive person. If you end up through whatever situation, surrounded by negative people, you know, you can't help but allow that affect your psyche. And if you end up allowing that affect your psyche, you'll become more negative. So how do you, so for me, I just eliminated those people from my life because I found them toxic people. Like truly, I've, I, I just found it toxic to myself and to my environment. Uh, but that's okay as a self-employed person. So how do you deal with it? Um, you know, if you're not self-employed and if you're surrounded by these negative people, well, first of all, you have to not absorb what they're saying. You do have to put up a defense mechanism. And again, for me, this defense mechanism has to be on a subconscious level. And, you know, our autonomic nervous system, which is our heart rate, our blood flow, our breathing, all of these things are regulated by our subconscious mind. And that's where our anxieties and our stresses lie. And that's where negative emotions can sometimes lie and be absorbed. So you have to learn how to take control of your subconscious mind through research, through reading, to go going to certain events where you might learn about this stuff. And then ultimately, I do believe, you know, the day and age that we're in, uh, you know, people are very open to, you know, mindfulness, and they're also very open to reporting negative behavior. So I think it's a case of sitting down with that person, 
first and foremost, saying it to them, talking to them about it, uh, you know, telling them that their behavior is being disruptive in the workforce, that, uh, you know, that, you know, they're negatively affecting your psychological well-being. And then ultimately, if they don't respond to that and if they don't uh, become more positive, then I think you can sit down uh, with your boss and explain what's happening and try and find a solution through that means. But I think first and foremost, you have to become the type of person that's uh, a little bit more resilient in the workplace and learn how to not absorb this stuff. And if you don't absorb this stuff, and you, if you learn how to just defend yourself emotionally against it, then ultimately I find that uh, you know it won't affect you when you leave uh, work at five or six o'clock at night. You know? On Wednesday next, you'll be speaking at the Amplitude event in the WIT Arena in Waterford. What is Amplitude about and what will your key message be on today? Well, I think the most important thing is it's about collaboration and how that we can only succeed if we collaborate. And I think my story is a story that hasn't been told yet. And this will be the first time that I'll really tell my story in a very specific way at the Amplitude event, that I didn't get to where I am today without collaborating hugely with other people. And it's so important for me to uh, express that message next week, you know, that I've had a team around me for many years now, um, I'm sitting actually next to um, my assistant, Jose, who's been part of my journey now for 15 years. He's traveled all over the world with me. And, you know, part of the talk will be how I collaborate with him on ideas, specific ideas for TV shows, how I collaborate with Andrew Gerard, who's another great friend and fellow mentalist and hypnotist over in the U.S. And then also how I collaborate with people who don't know they're collaborating with me, uh, which is a, an interesting topic. And, and then I'll also be talking very specifically about the subconscious mind and how these people at the event will, in that moment, reprogram their subconscious minds to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. And I'll be encouraging people on the day to make decisions that they wouldn't ordinarily make in that moment. So they may have things that they've thought about for many years, uh, decisions that perhaps they've put off for quite a while uh, that may benefit their career, may benefit their personal lives. And my job on the day of the event is to teach them how to you know, take control and ultimately push through that fourth wall, push through those barriers and make those decisions on that day and then activate on them immediately afterwards. So uh, that's what my talk will be be about and I'm really excited to be a part of the event you know Now Kate earlier in the interview I alluded to the fact that you're a big fan of neuro-linguistic programming Mm. now it's not a new term but it's probably underutilised here in Ireland but what are the benefits that NLP can deliver for business people? Well neuro-linguistic programming has been around for many many years I think it was quite a fad really in the 90s and you know it comes and goes in in popularity but ultimately you know it was written by uh, Richard Bandler and John Grinder and they studied uh, hypnotists. So, you know, neuro-linguistic programming is, is basically a, a brother, sister, or cousin of hypnosis. And really all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And if we learn about hypnosis, about NLP, we can learn again to do things we wouldn't ordinarily do. We can learn through NLP. We can learn through uh, eye-accessing cues, how to read whether somebody, for example, is telling a lie or telling the truth in a business environment. Uh, Through NLP, we can also learn how to mirror people's body language. So ultimately, again, you you become a more persuasive business person. And it's it's a tool. And again, I'm very careful not to oversell these tools or techniques. I think it's important. I've cherry-picked what works for me, and then I impart that to an audience. They take 
what they feel will work for them in that environment. Um, but it is an amazing tool for sure. Through NLP, again, you can learn a huge amount about confidence and that you can learn how to become a more confident person. Um, and, you know, using NLP techniques, you can become you know, a better speaker. You know, a lot of people have problems with public speaking. It's actually what the biggest fear in the world by a long shot is public speaking. And I get many, many requests from people um, with simple things. For example, perhaps somebody is getting married and they have to make a, a speech at the wedding. And they come to me and they say, Keith, I need some help with making this speech because ultimately if I don't get around my fear, then I may not make the speech at the wedding. So it's a huge fear. And again, through NLP, we can learn some tools and techniques to become better speakers in public and more confident in public, you know. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.